Welcome to Hope and Resilience Podcast. I'm John Hitchens, and today I have a good friend of mine back on, Dr. Larry James. Good morning, Dr. James. It's a pleasure to meet with you again. Uh, good morning, uh, old friend. It's, uh, it's always good to, to, to see you and, and get a chance to visit with you um, again. So, so uh, aloha, you know, from uh, Aloha. From aloha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got sweaters on and uh, I'm uh, freezing over here, but yeah, aloha. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, well, I want to thank you because every time you come on, you share some great information with us. And today, I've been excited about this topic ever since you said you'd like to do it. Uh, basically, today, you're going to share some information on post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. And uh, so I'd love to get right into it if you're ready for the first question. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So everybody wants to know what exactly is post-traumatic stress disorder and how is it defined? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, John, those are some great, uh, really, you know, the million dollar questions. Uh, you know, you, you and I go back a ways in the military, you know, and, and a little bit before your time as well as mine, um, it was called a different thing back in, you know, the Vietnam era. And so in the, in the sixties and then, and then there towards the end of the war, the mid seventies, you know, we had all of these airmen and women and soldiers and sailors and Marine, Marines coming back from traumatic battle situations with what we called back then shell shock. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, and, I mean, talk about, I mean, changing um, who these great, you know, war heroes uh, were before the war that came back so different. Well, years have gone by, you know, billions of dollars of research into this disease that we call post-traumatic stress disorder. That's what the, you know, the new modern day, modern day term, the international uh, term or diagnosis for uh, for that disorder. So post-traumatic stress disorder um, is a is a recognized medical and psychiatric disease uh, with a with someone who has been extro exposed to a, a a pretty significant traumatic event. Um, and and let me just give give the viewers some ideas of what I what do I mean by uh, a significant traumatic event. Um, you know, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be, um, you know, a soldier or a Marine or, you know, a policeman or a fireman to to get PTSD. It's not only limited to that, you know, to that situation. Very common um, in those occupations. But but certainly, you know, the average American walking down the street uh, can suffer from that disorder. But some of the some of the triggers or some of the traumatic events that we commonly see um, or you know, things like a, a, a horrific death, you know, for example, uh, let's say hypothetically, my, my, my uh, you know, my neighbor is, is, is going to the grocery store tonight with his family, um, you know, gets uh, rear-ended, uh, the gas tank explodes uh, because the car is rear-ended, uh, the doors are jammed, they can't get out of the car, um, you know, and the, the husband is driving and uh, he can crack the window, crawl out, but yet he has to watch uh, he can't get his wife and two kids, you know, the two kids in the back seat out in time. And he's standing there listening to their, you know, horrific screams and, and, and watching these these people that he love burn to death. Uh, that's, I mean, that, that, that's very, very traumatic. Um, you know, the you know, you know, uh, these school shootings are. Oh, my gosh. It's like every other day we turn on the news or read the newspaper or go online to catch up on, you know, news. We see these things about, 
you know, someone, um, you know, mentally unstable goes into an elementary school or high school or the most recent one, John happened to be a Walmart, you know, we're a supervisor. You know, imagine, you know, imagine being an employee there, um, you know, going into what what you would think is a very, very uh, uh, safe place. The, you know, the break room uh, to have a cup of coffee or eat a sandwich on your lunch hour or what have you. And a, a, a supervisor, you know, comes in uh, with a semi-automatic weapon and, 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 you know, kills a bunch of people right there in front of you. And, and of course, you feel, you know, not only you're terrified, but you feel helpless. There's nothing you can do. Uh, another, you know, an, an, another example, you know, is uh, sexual assaults, um, you know, a, uh, you know, now in the, you know, I mentioned, you know, your military service a minute ago, as well as mine, um, when, whenever we do evaluations on uh, veterans who are referred from the VA, uh, we must address uh, uh, something that's called MST, which stands for military sexual trauma. And, and that, that applies to both, um, you know, female vets um, and nowadays as well, um, uh, male veterans. Um, it, it is, it's surprising how many male veterans that I see who have PTSD because, uh, you know, he was sexually assaulted while while serving this, you know, these great nations. Wow. Yeah. So those are just a few examples that, you know, kind of the common things that we see. Um, that are triggers uh, for someone to start having uh, symptoms of, uh, you know, PT post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, uh, those are just amazing stories, just uh, even hypothetical. But uh, like you said, a lot of it's probably not hypothetical, uh, definitely happening. So my next question is, how does one get PTSD? Okay, you talked about the events. How does it happen from these events? How does it, it affect the person how, how does it how does it develop and, and what are some of the symptoms is, is yeah yeah okay and that's you know that's that's some of the million dollar questions so I, i've given some of the examples of 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 some of the common uh traumatic you know types of things that can happen to um to a, an adult or a child we can't leave out the kids in this you know um again back to those those school shootings that are they're all too common nowadays we can't um, you know, I, I don't want the viewers to think that because someone is, you know, 10 years of age or 14 or what have you, uh, that that person can, can cannot, um, you know, um, you know, be diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. But before I go f any further, John, I want to mention one of the one of the kind of the, the, the new things that we're seeing, um, how people are, are suffering from some of these traumatic events, um, death and dying. Um, so let, let me let me say a little bit more about that. Let, let's say, um, you know, my next door neighbor um, is the caretaker for his um, mother, elderly mother or father who, you know, has terminal cancer. And um, and it's been a, you know, three year process. And, and, and they call this this neighbor, you know, Bill. Um, and Bill has, um, you know, he's moved his father because his mother passed away years ago. He's moved his father into his home um, and he has watched his father uh, uh, slowly but surely rot away. His father, you know, is you know, big strapping fellow, six foot four, 230, 240 pounds. Um, and now his father's down to 70 pounds. Um, and, and he was there when his father actually took his last gasping breath before he died. And so we're seeing patients like that now that, that, that have a different experience, a different type of life trauma. 
and they're having terms of symptoms of PTSD, um, they're having, they're suffering from some of the classic symptoms, the horrifying nightmares where this person will be woken up from a sound sleep, um, where he will uh, have a nightmare where he is there, uh, you know, seeing and hearing his father uh, take his last breath. And it, in, in, in these dreams or these nightmares, John, are so horrifying, it, 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 it puts that person as though they are back in that situation where they are reliving that situation night after night after night after night. And in, in really in bad cases, these people, the nightmares are so severe uh, that these, you know, these individuals are really only sleeping two or three hours a night. And then, and then what, what happens is that where that's where the alcohol and the drugs come in because they want to drug themselves up or numb themselves up uh, into such an extreme cases where they can just sleep through the, you know, through the nightmare. So the PTSD can lead to some of these other types of problems. But let me go on and, and talk about some of the other signs and symptoms. So I've already mentioned okay. one. Yeah. common nightmares um, is one. Um, and, and speaking as a veteran, another, a second one that we see that's very common among, um, you know, combat veterans is avoidance. You know, the, uh, you know, common one that, 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 I, that a lot of veterans will tell me, you know, the July 4th uh, fireworks or the New Year's Eve uh, fireworks. I mean, that that will, um, you know, some of these vets, they will, man, they, they, they will start hearing those popping sounds and it will, they will start having the third symptoms, which is like flashbacks, which will put them back um, in, into that, you know, as though they're reliving that, um, that combat situation. Okay. Um, Number so 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 number four these veterans and and you know people walking down the street they will start to avoid situations that they would easily um, you know uh, visit before they experience the trauma and so you know again you you you, you know you have this uh, this policeman a policeman uh, was involved in a shooting incident where either they were shot or they you know, killed someone in the line of duty defending their life or the life of someone else, uh, you know, before this, 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 you know, shooting incident where they killed someone or they were shot, man, they would go to the July 4th picnic and be there with the, you know, take the kids to the fireworks and all that, or, you know, New Year's Eve, they would have a box of firecrackers and things like that. Now, you know, at, at, at 1130, you know, PM on New Year's Eve night, you know, this, uh, this police woman um, is literally hiding under the kitchen table. Uh, because those sounds uh, will create that traumatic experience, you know, will recreate that traumatic back, experience. Right? So that's amazing that could happen yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it will bring it back just just like they're they're in that situation, um, it, you know. And 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 so now the, you know, what what causes a, you know, a rub or a problem, you know, interpersonally with the, you know, all the other people in their house, and, and let's say that policewoman is married. You know, again, before the shooting incident, she used to love to go to the July 4th picnics or the New Year's Eve celebration. Um, you know, now her, her, her husband or partner is giving her a hard time because she uh, wants to avoid. And it's another one. That's another symptom, you know, uh, uh, avoid situations that before the traumatic event, we used to enjoy and be very pleasurable and, and attend without any trouble. And, 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 and now on these, you know, July 4th and New Year's Eve, they want to literally lock themselves in the house, you know, and just not go out. Um, let me go on to, to one of the last ones, but certainly not least is this, this what we call hypervigilance. People with, with, with uh, PTSD 
um, become so doggone hypervigilant. You know, it's um, when they go to bed at night, John, the, 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 they are constantly getting up and down, up and down, up and down all throughout the night because the, the simplest little sound, you know, a creak in the, you know, a creak in the floors, uh, you know, and if they live in an old house of wooden floors or something like that, uh, a neighbor who walks their dog every night at, um, you know, let's say midnight and they can hear, you know, their neighbors just innocently walking the dog and talking on, on his or her cell phone. And that can startle someone with PTSD. Well, what do they do? They literally get up and, and they go and they check every door uh, that goes outside uh, to make sure it's locked. They check every window in the house to make sure it's 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 locked. Um, you know, if they have a you know a 360 degree video security system of their property, um, you know, they go check to make sure you know nobody's you know no strangers are in their backyard or or anything like that. Um, and they tend to possess. Um, uh, well, not all, I don't want to make it sound like all people with PTSD possess a lot of weapons, but I see that very, very commonly among the veterans, um, and the, um, and the law enforcement people. It's a real problem at the, at many of the VA veterans hospitals and clinics around the country, um, uh, because many of these veterans feel so unsafe, um, and they're so hypervigilant about their surroundings. They never, ever leave their house. Uh, without uh, without being armed, you know, and I, and I mean very very well armed, John. <laughs> yeah, well, and they, they have the the knowledge and the capacity to be able to be, do that, it, and that's just amazing to live a life like that. I mean, it, it yeah. just sounds very yeah. disruptive and horrifying for them. I mean, to have that kind of fear racing through you constantly, yeah. it would be difficult. So, let's say I, I I'm one of those individuals. I have that issue. I've had something in my life that has. I actually, uh, you know, brought on all these different symptoms and signs. Mm -hmm. How do you treat someone with PTSD? Okay. How do they find help? That's a that, that that's a wonderful uh, that that boy. Again, that's another million dollar question. But but I want to, if I can, I want to just mention one other symptom that's okay. that's, called, that's called intrusive thoughts. Um, and and so let's say um, you know again, I, I've been exposed to some traumatic event. Um, um, and, and by the way, these these symptoms have to last for at least 30 days uh, for someone to be classified as, um, you know, having post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, the, the psychologically healthy adult male or female, when we experience these life events, you know, we might have a little trouble sleeping, um, uh, you know, getting back to normal. But certainly by about 30 days, most of us. Uh, we'll get back to the normal routine. And so after about 30 days, if these symptoms are still, uh, you know, incredibly uh, bothersome where they're interfering with, you know, with me going to school, interfering with my marital or social relationships, interfering with performing my job duties, and it's been going on for more than 30 days, then I need to seek professional help. Okay. And, and, and so as part of this, uh, the last symptom I want to mention is that it will be called intrusive thoughts. Um, and, and what happens with, with, with intrusive thoughts, let me give an example. Um, you know, uh, my, um, uh, you, you know, the, the uh, I, in fact, I saw a veteran yesterday uh, who, uh, who was in, in Iraq. And when he was in Iraq, he was uh, using a, a porta potty. Um, and John, as you know, porta potties, the, the cleaning service uh, uses a, a unique 
type of uh, liquid chemical to clean these porta potties and it's got a very very unique smell anyway um you know this uh, retired military guy when he was going to the porta potty in iraq uh, his unit uh, his compound was attacked um and and a a mortar shell came in and ripped this porta potty to pieces and so any anytime he is walking down the street, let's say it's a construction site or what have you, and there's a you know two or three porta potties. He literally crosses the street uh, because that that that's that unique smell that all porta potties have from that cleaning chemical, yeah. or in his case, just the sight of a porta potty, he'll start having flashbacks or really bad memories. You know about when he and, and this guy, uh, his I think I believe it was his right leg uh, that was shattered, had to be you know had to be uh, you know had to be amputated. So intrusive thoughts is a is a classic symptom. All right. So let's go on to the question you asked me, John. Let's talk about yeah. uh, let's 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 talk about treatment. Now, one of the um, one of the so before COVID, you know, if you wanted to do any you know behavioral health treatment counseling or what have you, you had to do it the old fashioned way. You know, you had to go into the clinic, and um, and and now we know one of the. Uh, silver lining is uh, one of the positive things that came, um, you know, uh, that, that, that came out of COVID um, is, you know, a lot of the virtual, um, you know, a lot of insurance companies now are paying uh, for patients to go to see their uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, therapists virtually. Yeah, the telehealth um, is just exploding. Yes, yes, yeah. Telehealth is exploding. And so what, that's particularly important for patients who are struggling with PTSD because again avoidance as I mentioned earlier avoidance and social isolation is one of the symptoms so some of the viewers may be thinking oh my gosh oh I, all the things that Dr. James mentioned all those symptoms of PTSD I've got every one of them but boy there is no way I'm going to you yeah. know to to, to the clinic or the hospital, you know, I, you know, uh, you know, there's just no way. Uh, fear, fear not. They're, they're, um, you know, telehealth um, is paid for by by most of the uh, the large, um, you know, insurance companies out, you know, out there. All right. So I just, I, I that's an, I think that's an important uh, point for me to, to to highlight because of the symptom of avoidance. Oh, yeah. So let's talk. Okay. So let's talk about treatment. Okay. So the the VA has has really led the way uh, nationally, you know, and internationally in terms of uh, pioneering what we call uh, evidence based treatment. That that means you know something that has been researched and researched. There are many um, well done uh, scientific studies uh, to validate uh, specific types of treatments, uh, psych be it medical or psychiatric treatments to treat PTSD as well as other, con other conditions. Um, and all, and these treatments that I'm going to mention, or these therapy modalities are available to the, to the general public. One, you know, one is called prolonged exposure, you know, therapy. And, uh, John, that is, so, so let's say again, you were in a horrific traffic accident where you, almost died, you know, leg had to be, you know, the, the, the fireman had to use the jaws of life to literally cut you out of the vehicle. And unfortunately, your left leg had to be amputated. Um, it, it prolonged exposure uh, with someone who is trained in, you know, in that intervention um, modality. Uh, th th there's a way this person can, you know, psychologically re-expose you and re-expose you and re-expose you to that traumatic event to a point where it actually begins to desensitize you to thoughts, 
smells, memories, recollections, uh, anything associated, um, you know, to that traumatic event. And it works, it works, um, you know, very, very well. The second um, scientifically validated treatment that we have, you know, is called cognitive processing. And, and so, so and, that, and that technique really uh, helps that person with this disease, um, you know, rethink or reconceptualize uh, the way they see these, you know, these traumatic memories and, you know, and things you know, like that. Um, and, um, there, I mean, boy, there are, there are tons of, um, you know, uh, psychologists and psychiatrists and therapists in the, in the Dayton metropolitan area. Uh, that that are that are well trained in these two, um, you know, types of uh, types of treatment, and and the third uh, one that I you know frankly enjoy using the most is is it's really a um, you know a humanistic or existential approach, um, and my, in my private practice I see mostly uh, veterans in law enforcement, and and the humanistic approach is helping that um, you know the, you know that veteran or that policeman. Um, you know, redefine or come up with a new understanding of, of what it means to be uh, a man or a woman, uh, given the, the physical challenges that they now have, um, you know, as a, as a result of, you know, having an arm amputated or a leg amputated or, you know, still having shrapnel in their brain or something, you know, or something like that. Um, so those are the three treatment, uh, you know, modalities. And I guess the fourth um, uh, would be um, medication, you know, interventions. There are, there are some, some daggone good medications out there that are safe uh, that someone's primary care, you know, physician or psychiatrist can prescribe uh, that, that, that will block, um, you know, um, the, the nightmares so that these, and then there's some pretty good, you know, sleep medications. And the, these medications, John, are non-addictive, you know, not, um, and, it's, and, and so, I mean, John, just imagine, you know, for the, you know, let, let's do a, let's do a, you know, a study, you know, with you and, um, you know, you, you're going to come to my clinic and I run a sleep clinic and, and the goal is I'm only going to let you sleep, um, at max two hours a night. Uh, for the next for the next month, imagine, uh, imagine the you know, and, and let's say you have no traumatic event, no PTSD, you know, nothing like that, and 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 the goal is to only allow you to sleep uh, two hours a night. So from you know, so we we one of the things we learned from the Vietnam War is is that these men and women back then who were you know shell shocked, um, rather than putting them on a plane and air vacuuming them home. Uh, we would, you know, uh, bring them back to the, you know, to the mobile hospital, uh, you know, give them something, to, you know, hot meal, hot shower, and by golly, let them sleep. And and what we, and what we found is that after about seventy-two hours, the vast majority of these great, you know, men and women could could could, could go back to the battlefront. Okay, and so. Uh, helping these people, you know, with with these horrible nightmares, night after night after night, to be able to to get some sleep, goes a long ways, uh, in, in helping them get getting back on the you know the path to uh, recovery from PTSD. So oh, yeah, I mean, if I if I only got two hours of sleep for a month and had nothing other than that issue, I'd be a mess by the time. Yeah, can you? Yeah, everything else you deal with. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the, and, 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 and imagine, you know, you, you, you've got, uh, you know, a, a, a seven-year-old, a 10-year-old and a, and a 12-year-old and you work full-time and you, you know, your wife works full-time, you got a house and all these types of things to juggle simultaneously. And, and you're only sleeping two, three hours a night. It's, and so, uh, so, f- so for, for, uh, for the treating, you know, psychologists or therapists or psychiatrists, uh, you know, helping these patients um, be able to sleep. Oh my gosh, it, it, it's, 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 you know, it, it, it's, 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 I can't describe how important how it is. Ther- so that's therapeutic it would be yeah, to get yeah. a, a real good night's rest. Uh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. 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 You bet. All right. Well, well other questions, my friend, or comments? No, I, uh, I just want to thank you for all that we've covered. Uh, like I said, I was really looking forward to this one, and you've uh, done a great job of helping us understand it. The 30-day thing, I think, is critical because, uh, you know, there's times at night I get up, too, and worry about stuff, but it's not a lengthy time like that. And so right. getting those cutoffs of where you may need to come and get help. Mm-hmm. Talking about the telehealth, uh, you know, that's critical. If you, I mean, if we have an issue and I, I don't want to go anywhere to fix it, then I can't get help. But now that's right. it's tremendous uh, uh, thing that they have telehealth. And like you said, most insurance companies will pay for that. This has all been great information for people that may be struggling with it or having someone that does. So I just really thank you again for coming on. It's been amazing. Yeah, my pleasure. Um all right, thank you, thank you so much, my friend. Good to seeing you. And and again, uh, 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 I'm available. Uh, uh, you know, so if I can help in any way, you, you know how to you know how to get a hold of me.